G'day everyone, welcome to Automedia Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sheriff from the YouTube channel, Parking Cars. I'm joined every week with my co-host, Simon McGrath, also known as Simon the Classic Car Dude. Hello, Simon. Hello, Mark, and fellow car tragics. Um, each episode, we'll talk about things cars, classic, modern, exotic, old school, future classics, electric, <coughs> diesel, sports car, family, truckster, you name it, we're going to talk about it. Like always, if you've got an opinion or want to contribute, please DM me. You'll find me across all social media as Mark and Cars. That's Mark with a C. We hope you enjoy the show. Caledia Family Vineyards are sponsoring today's episode. They've owned vineyards and been involved in wine in the Margaret River region for over 30 years. Caledia Family owns several premium vineyards across the region and produces Rosabrook, Bunkers, Caledia, Bramble Lane and Brian Fletcher Signature Wines under the watch for live chief winemaker Severine Logan. In recent years, the family's expanded their portfolio to include a range of wines from Italy in conjunction with their Italian produce partners. The Calnegia family's philosophy is to produce fruit-driven, elegant wines that are a true reflection of the vineyards they come from with an uncompromising commitment to quality. Please check them out at www.cfvwine.com.au. Simon, what have you been up to this week? It's been a big week in my shed, Mark. That's what it's been. After 11 months of procrastination, we've finally started work on the uh, 68 Yamaha DT1 and that means we've um, transported up to my mate uh, Sean's place where we've um, commenced stripping it we've um, got it down to a bare a bare um, frame the only sort of problem we've got so far is that the swing arm has grabbed the bearings inside its housing and um, they're proving very hard to be able to get the shaft out which um, we will do we've got it soaking in penetrant at the moment and uh, we've got some big hammers <laughs> so we all have the big hammer. It'll come out, but it what didn't come out last night. So um, yeah, I'm very optimistic. It's um, we've got it's a complete motorcycle, and, and that itself is a is a, um, a really good thing. We don't have to go looking for bits. Most of it's um, serviceable. Lots of re-chroming and vapor blasting and all of that sort of stuff. Yep, good to hear. Good to hear. We have a guest for this episode, like we do every. Paul, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So Paul's illustrious career around cars, classics and otherwise in Western Australia is so comprehensive, we could not do it justice in this podcast. However, we will try and cover some of the highlights. And Paul will tell us about his upcoming events. But before we do so, Paul, let's talk cars. What have you been up to this week? Uh, this week's been two cars getting attention, uh, Alpha Sport Wagon being readied for being displayed at the Italian Car Day this coming Sunday. Yep, yep. Just cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of work on my old Mercedes 560 SEL, needed a new battery, so that involved cleaning up around where the battery goes and all of those sorts of little bits and pieces. No holes managed to appear through no. the battery acid. Fortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it did take um, looking at uh, online to work out how you get the bonnet to stand up further than the normal position because it can stand completely vertically. But yeah, I I've definitely seen pictures of There's little clips on the, uh, on the hinge. 
Yes, and yeah, I fantastic. could see the clips and work out how to get one side to work but not the other. But oh, really? there, there's a trick to it, which yeah, I found. So you did need some of that penetrating that Simon None needed. None of that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. Isn't that it's a wonderful so, feature? Yes, indeed. It's just extraordinary yeah. with that, mm. that bonnet poking Clever. straight up. Yes. Know. As a mechanic, you'd love it, wouldn't you? You know, like how yeah. the fact that they had the foresight to think? That is Mercedes-Benz mm. of that era. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And it made pulling the battery out so much easier because it's right up the back, mm. uh, sort of a bit, a bit under the windscreen area. Mm. Um, and with a bonnet just open at 45 degrees, there'd be no chance of getting it out yeah, without yeah, sure. lots of arcing out against inside <laughs> of the bonnet. A bit of going on yeah. We've all been doing that. We've all done that before. Yeah. <laughs> Welded fingers. Yeah, for sure. Yes. I, I, many years ago, I was rallying a Porsche 911, an early one, in a, a tarmac rally and started a motor car and just as I took off, the car sort of died and smoke came out from under the bonnet at the front and people are calling out from the side, you've got an engine fire. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> Engine's at the other end, but the, the battery had come loose and was arcing out against the inside of the bonnet. Classic, so, classic. Is that yeah. how... How early was a 911? Was it a, a two-battery 911 or a single-battery? No, battery? a single-battery, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> so this week... I'll tell you, this 356 is killing me. I cannot get this You still know No air filters. What are we up to? Week four? I've, hopefully, we'll have them on Friday. Hopefully. But from I've got backup. Pantyhose. No, no. I've got, um, I've got some MP VW, MP, right. MPI company, um, Weber filters that can go on that will get me through the coming few weeks. But... These K and N filters just they just don't sell enough of them, really. That's all it comes down to. Mm. The Australian distributor and every other distributor I've been around the world looking for hmm. just seem to be. I just can't seem to find some that can ship to Australia and have them in stock as well, you know, that yeah. combination. But anyway, it's what it is. Um, doing a rally sprint tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, Where, where's that? All right, yes, have you done that before? I have not. So it's um, rookie, you know, I've got mm -hmm. a very experienced. Uh, rally driver who is co-driving for me so hopefully will give me some good pointers and say no mark use the pedal in the middle a bit more <laughs> coming into the corners right yeah. and um yeah so i'm really looking forward to it the car's nearly done ready to go it's, well, tell us about it when does it start and what sort of cars are in it uh all sorts of cars like they range from you know ke corollas mx5s that's in 1600s through mm. to an unending list of WRXs, yeah. Lancer Evos. I saw an EL Falcon GT on the start list. There's all sorts of cars. I think 86 entries. Hmm. I think when I looked at the start list um, today, it was emailed through. Yeah, I'm looking forward. It's about a three and a half K course. Around yeah. the Years ago, I went in it as a co-driver with somebody who is a top driver um, in an Evo, and it was one of the scariest things I've ever done, being passenger um, with somebody who doesn't get the concept of fear at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I had enough for both of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was sort of relieved after a while when the clutch gave way. <laughs> but it was certainly exciting. Yeah, yeah. So what time's that kickoff? Um, the f look, the... Reconnaissance can start from, I think, 5.15 p.m. Mm -hmm. It goes through to about 9 p.m. They expect the event to be finished. I think I get two runs. I want to come down and watch you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. You know, it's a, with that little Yaris of mine, it's very few places you can drive mm. it the way you want to without 
you know, risking life and limb of yourself and people around mm. you. So it, I'm quite looking forward to that aspect of going, taking the car to an environment where I can have some fun. And it's a weeknight, it's an evening, it doesn't really chop into your weekend time as a yeah. dad, you know, it's it all, you, it all adds you up. You should be able good. to um, get a very good sort of yardstick as your ability as a driver because there'll be a thousand other Yaris RSs there. <laughs> GRs, whatever they're called. I, I, actually, I don't think there is. I think there's a lot of WRXs. Like, there, I think there would be 20 WRXs there. I'm, I'm seeing them everywhere. Mm. It's because you're looking for them. Maybe it is. But and I'm seeing as, them everywhere. as a Yaris driver, do you feel the pressure that you need to do well? I don't because <laughs> um, I'm now of an age that I can accept my inabilities and I'm going there purely for my own entertainment, not to be competitive. So I'm... All right with the fact that there may be 1.3 litre four cylinder Corollas that are faster than me. I'm okay with that. Okay, so <laughs> how did you find your uh, your co pilot? Um, I've known him a very long time. Okay, yeah, it's a long friend of mm. 20 plus years. So yeah, I'm very pleased to have somebody who is going to be able to say yes, no, maybe do this, don't do that. And he's got a lot of. He actually um, rallies a. Um, Lance Evo himself. So it's a four-wheel drive, turbo yeah, 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 car. Yeah. I'm hoping some of that will relate to how my car responds and his advice on, you know, you need to adjust the front camber before we do this again or tow into the rear or whatever, whatever yeah. that stuff is that makes the car mm. go faster around those corners, you know, within my driving ability, of course. When the World Series um, Rally Australia was held in Perth, I navigated for a mate of mine, Mike Edmonds, in a uh, turbo charade. Yep. And we did really well on the first day. We, we you know, like scorched cats. We were really quick. And the second day, we went through a huge puddle in what was called the bunning stage, and we never came out the other side of it, and that was the end of it. <laughs> but that was our entire rally, a day and a half. And Mike moved up to Renault Clio. That's right. After that. And he put a leg out of bed yeah. in that at Wanneroo <laughs> Park. <laughs> Classic. The... Um, I've got a lot of experience and stories from Rally Australia that year, but I'll tell you what else I've been up to. I'm thinking about buying a 911 that I got a phone call about this afternoon. How good is that? Um, what age of 911? G Series body. You know, the ones that for some reason appear to be gold plated all of a sudden. Yes. You very know, much. Uh, yeah, they've just gone off the chain. This is a left hand drive car, which I'm very comfortable with. Mm. My 356 is a left hand drive car. My, my Porsche was left-hand drive. Well, it never makes any well, difference. They're, they're a narrow they're, car. Yeah, they're that little the in the scheme of things. You know, it's yeah. really like a left-hand drive Hummer might be different. H1 mm. Hummer might be different. No, no, I, I had a left-hand drive Cadillac for 12 years and being left-hand drive didn't make any difference. Yeah, you sure. didn't, didn't notice killing anyone. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, occasionally there'd be a bump and some... Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a Suzuki Swift, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. Didn't you turn up in a Suzuki Swift? I am um, driving one tonight, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> it's got some Cadillac scratches on it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm very comfortable with the lefty, you know, but that aside, it's a three-litre car. It's one of those cars that's a good car that would, as a project, it's not pristine or perfect. It's still, it's original colour but repainted in a metallic, light metallic green, which Mm. that appeals to me quite a lot. It's got a whale tail on it with steel. It's got a, it's been, um, it's got a steel wide body kit on it. Mm. Okay. Um, So it has been chopped up and mucked around with a bit, but 
its price reflects all that. All of that probably makes it affordable. It, well, Where if it was a pristine car... Yeah, it would be a $200,000 yeah. body car, and mm. I don't think they're a $200,000 car, if, no. regardless of their condition. But that's my opinion. Mm. The, um, a 930, a, yes. Yeah, but, but even still, yeah. wasn't that long ago, 930s are only, what, three quarters of that price. Yep. It's just, yeah. Mm. The 911 thing's getting too ridiculous at the moment. So I'm, I'm hesitant at the moment to commit to this. It also means we're going to get rid of the Yaris to free up the funds to, to you know, and... Some real decisions. Yeah. Wait, my Yaris is my daily. I don't know if I want a car with no aircon as my daily, which would be end up being the 911. Oh, I see. Don't, but don't but right. really, the answer is more cars. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. No matter what the question is. Yeah. No, the answer is... Yeah, but the, that, 100% you're right. However, the... Um, Funds to allow that to occur are somewhat wanting right now. So now's not the time for... Simon can help you. <laughs> maybe. Could, yeah, maybe. <laughs> with, with advice. <laughs> with a lot of very cheap advice. <laughs> so anyway, that was a, that's a consideration that's dropped on into my lap this week. Mm. Um, last week's podcast. Good fun. Oh, a hoot. Which, what, were the, what were the numbers like on it? Did it, did we rate? We're number one in Argentina again. I ha- I actually haven't <laughs> checked the analytics from last week, but you know what? I had a good time. Huh? Yeah, me too. Me. You know, a, a giggle. Firstly, any listeners that listened to that podcast and are listening to this one, I apologise for the very mediocre sound management by me. I thought you were going to apologise for my joke. Singular. Well, you know, okay. <laughs> my arrival is a joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, um, we spoke, for those that haven't listened, we spoke about an auto car article about the top 50 cars you must drive before you die. And it was a, it was a lot of fun talking about yeah, it, wasn't it? Was, it? It, was, it was good fun. We spoke about like the first 25 cars or something like that. And um, uh, our guest last week, Mark Coulson, he is as much of a victim, if not more, on car purchasing on a whim as... Both my guests here tonight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think he, he has deeper pockets than yeah. both of us. Yeah, that's, but, that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> he certainly uh, has owned a lot of motor cars. He, has, man, a, he, he? has a lot less restraint as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's a good point. But I good right. variety of cars. He's had. Yeah, an mm. incredible yeah. variety of cars. And he sort of gets he sort of gets into a bit of a groove. Like I think he goes through stints of, I've just got to buy all Italian cars. Mm. It's all yeah, Japanese I've got to buy all French cars. Yeah. I've got to buy all yeah, <laughs> Jack he, cars. He had one of those Alfa Romeo vans for a while packed out the front. Did he? Oh, yeah. Fiat it was. Was it a Fiat? Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. I've, yeah. I think it's an Alfa van. Yeah, and Mozzie. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's a, uh, yeah, there's certainly no shorty of, uh, like you said, there's no restraint, is there? <laughs> whatsoever. He's <laughs> a weak man. Oh, look, he's, look, he's just doing what we'd all like to. Yeah. But what's in your garage right now? What's um, in the blank collection? A Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow that I've had 15 years. This is what a blue is that? Uh, 1970. Pretty. Lovely. So, good old thing and still enjoy driving it after 15 years, so hence it stays. Um, next to that, Citroen CX. I've had for probably two years and really enjoying that. Mm. Um, Alpha 156 Sport Wagon, something a bit different. Yep. <laughs> had a few Alphas. Um, there's uh, my everyday cars and AMG C43 Wagon. Lovely. And I've had probably a year and 
That's pretty special. I really enjoy that one. So V8 performance in the small body, mm-hmm. and there's only two wagons in Australia. So that rarity factor appeals to me. Yeah, sure. um, Mercedes 560 SEL, that's going to go soon because it really is surplus to any requirements yeah, of mine. It's pretty what close to sort of elephants. the size of a uh, small suburb. I don't mind that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind well, big cars. We were cars, talking about yeah. Yeah. before, yeah. weren't we, yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's probably the same size as the Rolls. Yeah, okay. Um, there's a Citroen Xantia wagon that my yeah, wife okay. drives. Yeah. Your uh, wife drives? Yeah. That's and she a, still talks to you? Yeah, she yeah, was okay. happy to have it. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a one previous owner car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd had one before that had been my father's new, and when he stopped driving, he gave it to me, and we both really enjoyed that car. So when yeah, this okay. one came up, she yeah, said, great. yes, please. So, What sort of suspension do they run? They uh, they're the proper, the, yeah, the normal oh, hydroneumatics. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's so, a good thing. And that's good practice. We had a Skoda Superb V6 all-wheel drive wagon before that, um, which had been almost new when we got it. it had that seven years, and hmm. it did the, the, the uh, Volkswagen product problem. No, the, the Citroen replaced that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and there'd been a bit of change around the way. I, I'd had an AMG E55 for about five years. I remember it. And sort of got the feeling, oh, it's time to move that on. Uh, bought a Porsche 928 S4. Um, and then not long after that, the wagon came up, and yeah, I've yeah. always wanted one of those C43 wagons yeah, since yeah. I'd seen the one that was delivered in Perth new. Sure. Um, and that came up, and I thought, no, I've got to grab that while I can, and effectively it replaced the Porsche. Um, Do you still have the Porsche? No, that's gone. It's yeah, gone okay. to Sydney, yeah. Is, was that the white one? Yes. Yeah, okay. Manual. Nice. Uh, auto? Auto, was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was it left hooker? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Nice looking car. Yeah, it was. Um, and I quite enjoyed it, but choose between that and the AMG wagon, and yeah. the answer was the AMG wagon. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. So that's the current stable. Although that, that's I, all you've I, got? I, I won't say what, but I'll just put a deposit on another car. Yeah. Okay. But I, I've only got a two car garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, that's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> you tell us the continent. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a hassle. Yeah, I can imagine the neighbours are pretty stoked about the, uh, the street looks like a car yard. Well, sometimes it does. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the neighbour across the road is happy to have a car parked outside their place. And yeah, there yeah. always is one parked outside their place. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What about you? Um, What's in the garage right now, Okay, Simon? so we've got the 123 GT, which um, Tom Riley said he's going to buy off me ne- um, next week, which is a good thing. And then I've just brought over a 240 Volvo from Sydney, one owner, Macedonian family. That's in town now? 75,000 kilometres. Yeah, I've just uh, t- taken it for its pre-licence inspection. You didn't put a, um, a Yamaha in the boot? No. But I'm, so I'm, I'm looking for a, a late Mos- 240? A 1990. Yeah, very late. White. Lovely. Um, you know, with those sort of big plastic um, headrests. Headrests, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's done 75,000 kilometres, and it's just an absolute peach of a car. Um, so we had a, a probably needed an exhaust fixed and a couple of other um, its reservoirs um, replaced. It had cracks for being old and plastic. Mm. Uh, other than that, it's got a clean bill of health. And um, what colour? White with blue interior. Appliance white. Yes, the appliance good. white. Yes, <laughs> and it's got it's a um, perfect description. It's got this <laughs> drive safe because your family are waiting for you at home sticker on the back, which I'm going to leave. Yeah, and good. it's uh, I think I've already found a donor turbo car for it okay. so I'll, I'll turbo that lower it two inches i've already got the conies and the springs and everything to do it 
and all the bushes. And then um, we, I'm having a set of steelies made for it. So <laughs> eight by 17s mm-hmm. with a really nice polished. So you remember the um, D-Type Jaguar had that drilled yep. alloy rim? Well, I'm doing that so it'll have a nice silver um, step in it, you know, like an um, uh, offset. And then this um, 164 hubcap, which is polished stainless steel sitting in the centre with all the holes drilled outside. And I've even got the stickers from the UK um, manufactured by Dunlop, England. (laughs) So it's going to be like really confusing for (laughs) people. But it'll have that uh, nice deep dish with a polished stainless steel uh, hubcap in the middle. I've seen that finished up. Yeah. You've obviously got a clear vision on it. I'm... I've already got I've got um, white Venetian blinds for the back already. Noisy things. And um, I'm looking for if anybody out there has a Mosman Park Bowling Club hat, I want one for the back <laughs> parcel shelf. Well, it just so happens I think my next door neighbour may be able to help you out. <laughs> he is a proud member of the Mosman Park Mozzies. Well, I need one of those Mosman Park Bowling Club hats. <laughs> Tell us um, anything else. No, no, that's been my week. Uh, what's going fiddling. On? What's your what are the cars? What's the garage? You, got, you must have a Benz or three. Oh, there. sorry, hey, my uh, 940 wagon, which we lowered and did build steams and stuff. That's gone off to the wheat belt. That's, yep. Monty's got that now, yep. and it'll never ever be the same car again. I, I'm just is, is it on its roof yet? No, it's he's not very it's, serious about going to the wheat belt. Then is no, it? No, he's um, he'll look. I hope it does a few years. But anyway, it's a beautiful example. That's gone out of the wheat belt for Monty, my youngest boy, who's working on the um, silos. And um, so what have you got? We've got Mary Ellen's um, W211 station wagon sports pack, which is a magnificent car, E350. My 123 GT, the 240 Volvo, the 940 Volvo. And and I spoke to the guys in the UK this week again, the, and they're making the great progress I mean the on, Lotus XL. on my Lotus XL. Thank you. That's enough out of you two. So, yeah, there's plenty going on, and three motorcycles. I hope, I, yeah, you know I bought a Honda Monkey. Yeah. I'm yeah, digging yeah, it. Yeah, we spoke about it last week. Yeah, I'm really digging it. It's such a hoot. And why NXL from England? Um, well, they went down on the market here I at the time, and I'd had one previously. And quite, I really enjoyed it. Um, but profit overcame me, and I sold it for, you know, doubled my money on it. So I... Um, so three grand. I'd hankered. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got two cartons of cans back for it. And uh, I'd always hankered for another one because they they're just fabulous to drive. And they've got all that Toyota Supra gearbox and brakes and stuff. Anyway, um, I was talking to Lotus Bits in the UK and we were trying to find one together. And eventually one of their customers, um, that they knew the car backwards... And it's got a whole lot of uh, improvements, light and flywheel and um, big brakes on it and all sorts of good stuff that they do to update them. And the last thing to do to it was fuel injected, which uh, they're doing to it at the moment, and then it'll come out. It's like they're never any Probably January 2023. I, I always loved the um, Elite that that model grew out mm. of. Yes, I did too. The sort of sporty wagon look. Yeah. yeah, I love those. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's wacky and it's not. they're not expensive and they're a heap of fun. Mm. Good. Mm. Good here. It'll keep me on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to talk about Paul's history with cars, WA. But the guy's about as old as WA when it comes well, to classic cars, right? Yeah. Paul has it almost um, had a hand in every phase of classic car ownership. You know, you've, you've run events, you've started clubs, um, 
you've um, you know you've hosted rallies, um, you've done the overseas trip thing with you know guided tours and stuff. There's not much that you really haven't um, other. And I was going to say other than motor vehicle manufacture, but you've actually had a go of that of sorts. Sort of, yeah. With your you know <laughs> you're modifying the Range Rover thing, yeah. But um, you know that, that's I think I've just covered five different arenas there of uh, classic car involvement. Which is the one that lights your fire? Um, hard to say. Some of them have been different phases of my life, and yeah. that's been the most exciting thing at that time. Um, I think generally, though, the events. Um, like, the, like the classic car rally or the yeah, classic cr- house I mean, and coffee, because that's phenomenal cr- success. Classic rally was something quite new back in mm. 1992. Um, and, in fact, it was the second event of its kind in Australia. Um, so there was a lot of creating what would happen as we went. Yeah. Um, and that was very exciting and exciting times and people keen to get involved. And I mean, one year we had 160 cars in it. And I look back now and I think I would never attempt to run an event that goes for three days with five different competition stages happening simultaneously at different venues with 160 yeah. cars. and. Just too hard now. But anyway, we did it and it worked. Well, you didn't and know how hard it was going to be, let's face it. Probably. Paul, <laughs> yeah. that event gave me the um, the great honour of being able to say that I have raced head-to-head with Jack Brabham. Yeah. It was I, one I, of Jim Carrey's well, 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 I was really... Well, the event anyway. No, no. Yeah. Jack Brabham was on one... It was We were head-to-head. He was in one of the uh, car parks and we were in the other. Yeah, good. It was fantastic. <laughs> and did you beat him? Yeah, we whipped him. Good. <laughs> that was the year that we put um, theatrical stage bombs on the back of the Volvo oh, yeah. and smoke uh, <laughs> smoke flares. Yeah. That was a big year. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thrilled to have Sir Jack as a oh, guest driver. We had him twice. Yeah. And before that, the last time he was in Perth was 1965 or something. Um, and did he, did we he managed say it hasn't to changed. Um, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was great to be able to have an event which could attract people like Sir Jack mm-hmm. and Peter Brock and we had Rosemary Smith who was the first yes. woman to win a round of the World Rally Championship and all sorts of important people came and were involved with it and connected to everybody involved in the event as well and that was a real thrill for me um, to be, sort of to facilitate all of that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the uh, of the sort of celebrity you had. Did Eric Banner turn up for one of them? Yes, Eric and then Banner didn't. Who was the guy that uh, was Channel 10, I think it was? Um, oh, uh, we had a lot of host. TV people, local yeah, yeah. TV people in it virtually every year. There was And I think a he was racing a Skyline or something from memory. It'll come to me later. All right. Everything does. Just, when just, I go just home. after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I, in some ways, Classic Rally was a highlight. Yeah. Um, partly is, because it, it was so new. Sorry? Why did it stop? Has it just got to be um, too much to manage? It wasn't yeah, it just got harder really. and harder to get um, as bureaucracy caught yeah. up with yeah. Western Australia. With enthusiasm, yeah. Um, getting permissions for venues and complying with insurance demands yeah. and yeah, okay. shires and all of those sorts of things just made everything so much harder. Um, and I think also the event had lived to its peak and beyond. Yeah, okay. And I think all events have a, a life cycle yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, and we were still getting plenty of entries and plenty of good cars and we were getting celebrity drivers and bringing special cars from eastern states each year. But everything was getting that much harder to organise um, and for me, the gloss had come off it. So yeah. I yeah, pulled the pin. Into a big, wieldy beast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Monster. Interesting. Mm. And, and I'm not scared to pull the pin on something when yeah. 
it gets to that sort of point where some people will just try and eke out the last bits yeah. of it and it, it gets embarrassing for them. <laughs> I never yeah, okay. wanted to be in that situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I still remember getting called up on stage to um, what I thought was a re- receive a trophy and it turned out they wanted to douse me with water pistols. <laughs> I can't think why that would have happened. <laughs> I think it's called revenge. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And tell me... Um, well, Tell me, um, following that event, that's quite a high with regards to um, you know establishing an event and that sort of thing. Where did where did you go from there? Did you have something next lined up? Or? Well, there were other um, motorsport based events which I was running concurrently anyway. Okay. So the Classic Challenge which came after a few years of Classic Rally as a sort of simpler, more entry-level kind of event, which didn't have the sort of celebrity factor and all that sort of thing involved. Um, And that went for quite a few years after Classic Rally. Uh, The Supercarna series, which I used to run out at the Speed Dome, and then we did events down at Quinana Motorplexes. So there was always a number of motorsport events continuing during that period. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and plus other events. I mean, there, there was always a, a mix of different kinds of events. How sure. long's the um, celebration of the motor car been going? Well, that's been going since 1993. So right. I ran the first one the year after the first Classic Rally. Yeah. Um, and that still survives today, but more than survives, it's thriving today. Um, and, uh, in fact, I ran that in Adelaide a couple of times as well, um, oh. and that went very well there. Uh, but became difficult because I'm not in Adelaide yes. and don't, you know, sure. relied on other people's contacts, etc. and it, it was a bit hard, but it, it ran very successfully there nonetheless. Um, but the formula for that seems to be right still. Mm. I've, I've uh, sort of curated display of 150 of the best of the best cars yeah. um, of prestige brands. So I always say no matter how nicely restored somebody's Holden is, it's not the show for that car. Um, so it's upmarket brands, and because we can only fit 150 cars, um, we've got to be selective in some way, and that's a way to do that. Mark, did you know that <laughs> every um, week this comes up? Yeah. <laughs> one of my Volvo station wagons featured in the uh, celebration of the motor car. I did just point out at this stage. Is, is that just tell me? Is that also the same one that was in Alex Forrest's book? No. So you got a different, yeah, different character <laughs> no, in Alex Forrest's book. That was the White Mouse, which is a Ford Ten sure. Monoposto Australian Grand Prix car that um, that I paid for the restoration of. No, in the celebration of the motor car, I had a nineteen sixty seven Volvo Duet, which is the prettiest station wagon you ever could see. It has the number plate Surf Wagon. You'll see it around yeah. the place from time to time. Jeez, you've and, let, and you've let some good cars go. Out. When, when you had that and put it on display there, it was new to Perth. Mm. Nobody had seen a Volvo wagon that old. It looked very glamorous with white wall sure tyres and yeah. two-tone paintwork and things. I'm sure you had a an old wooden surfboard on the roof we to give it the right a, look. We had a Malibu on the roof and I found a metal esky and held it on with a leather strap. <laughs> very good. There was a the whole... Yeah. So it's events a few weeks for listeners Indeed. who are thinking about it. Shameless plug time, let's hear all about it. All right, so at the Cottesloe Civic Centre, and we're very fortunate to get that venue because mm. they only allow three major events there a year. Um, they support that, partly because we're involved with a charity, Wheels for Hope, which is the motor industries charity in Western Australia. Um, 
And we put together a very elegant show and beautiful surrounding. Mm. Um, as I mentioned, 150 cars, which are divided into groups by either brand of car or country of origin, or sometimes other characteristics which make a display interesting and worthy. And a lot of cars come out of the woodwork just for that event. There's people who save their new purchase to be shown there for the first time or a restoration they've just finished. Um, so there's always new cars there that people haven't seen before. And I think that's one of the strengths of that. But being in a beautiful venue with a string quartet playing and nice food and things available, and it, it's got a, a special atmosphere to it, which no other events in WA have or possibly don't aspire to have, but it works very well. Um, and I'm, It's an event I'm very proud of and stood the test of time. I think I can't look at, as a um, car enthusiast, it's without question, if you're any sort of car enthusiast, it's a premier event in the state, like, you know, to go and see something you won't normally get to see. Mm. What's the featured theme this year, Paul? Um, there's a few feature displays and some feature cars, but one of them is the oldest Plymouth Fury in the world is in Perth, a 1956 car, and by somebody quite well known, but I won't say. Sure. Yep. Uh, we've got that coming, so... Through some contacts and making contacts, from that 1956 car, we have a 57, 58, 59 and 60 Plymouth Fury. Oh, fantastic. Um, which should be a great display because that was the era of fins and excessive oh, yeah. styling and yeah. all of that sort of thing. So very pleased to have got those together. Um, we have a beautiful uh, Delahaye Cabriolet, which Ooh. has just finished a restoration or will be just finished in time. <laughs> Um, Could be, yes. <laughs> and that's from an owner who has a car finished just in time for that event every year, and it's always a very spectacular, interesting car. Um, we've got. Um, are, all the, these, are all that owners' cars of that era? Um, yeah, are they? Most are. Yeah, yeah, yes, so. most are 1930s oh, I mean, sorts yeah, of that, cars. Yeah, yeah. pre war stuff, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with the oldest car there is 1904. A uh, car which is a, a land speed record car, which Peter Briggs is bringing, a 16-litre engine to it. Is this the uh, copper-clad Napier? Yes, the Napier, that's yeah. correct. Amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. such an amazing-looking car. It is, yeah. So that'll be a, a feature in itself. Um, the Lee Collection is bringing five of their supercars along. Wow. So haven't finalised which those will be, but... They're all uh, spectacular, so there won't be rubbish. It depends on, it. yes, exactly, <laughs> on, on what arrives when. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yes, a lineup of, of those, and yeah, always a, a really interesting mix, and I, I look forward to it just to see the cars myself, mm -hmm. which normally happens at about one o'clock after all the running around stops. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. And yeah. I can imagine with also your history in the community of car classic cars, you don't get two seconds to yourself even at these events because everyone's yeah. bending your ear or... Yeah. Um, so it's actually useful to walk around with a camera mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to say, nice to chat, but I've got to get yeah. all the photos of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the litmus test, and this is where Celebration of the Motor Car excels, you can take your wife to it because yes. it, is, right. it, is, it is spectacular in every respect. You know, the venue, the presentation of the cars, mm. the variety of the cars, the the way they're presented, and the, the whole environment is um, it's superior. 
Yeah. We, we, we make a sign for every car to mm-hmm. go on the windscreen which describes the story of that car. And it's not always specification of how much horsepower and sure. all of that, but a lot of the cars have a fascinating tale to tell. So we try and mm-hmm. help with that part of the story, um, which interests people. Yeah, There's for no, sure. Like, I, I find that interesting. When I go to, like, I don't, the specs of a car, you can get on your phone. Mm. Right, it's, but when a car has been pulled out of a sea container post-World War II, found in Sicily, and, yes. you know, they spent 18 hours scraping guano off it, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. the stuff you want to hear about yeah. as a car enthusiast, mm. isn't it? You know, it is. The stories of the people behind the cars. For sure. Yes, for fabulous. Sure. For sure. Mm. The, um, with the upcoming event of, Celebration is there? Uh, do you have any other events that you're involved in in the near future after that event, or is that pretty much you um, locked down for a little while? Yeah, not in the immediate future. There's a couple of new events that I want to introduce next year. Um, I, I was involved with Classic House and Coffee, as you know, from its inception. Mm-hmm. I've now stepped away from that, and some new guys have come in, and and part of that is because I want to do some new things. Classic Cars and Coffee, I was involved for five years. That was enough. It's sure. going really strong. Swimming. Well done. And, and better than any equivalent event in the country, yeah, by yeah. far. Yeah, look, just the volume that's um, there. And yeah. I, I just find it baffling that so many more different cars keep rolling out. Although yeah. you did, I noticed, couldn't help but notice you had this uncanny knack of picking days that rained for a while there. Yes, this this year started off poorly in that way. <laughs> that was just called but, a weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we weekend. had a lot of rain in Perth. But yeah, but it, we had. it did happen on that Sunday yeah. of classic. But cars. really, only once did it affect numbers that the rain was yeah, okay. really heavy, um, and we used the undercroft area there, so it was in the dry. And I think there was seventy-five cars. Yeah, sure. Um, but on the other days when there's been a bit of rain, still been two hundred and fifty cars there. Mm-hmm. Look, I've got no problem driving my car in the rain, right? Yeah, same but here. it just, the clean-up after it's what really, you know, <laughs> that's what devalues the experience for me. Not the extra driving in the rain, I don't care about that, it's fine. Yeah. My car's 60-plus years old. But when it comes to actually clean the car after it, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's only a small car, you're lucky. Yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take very long to clean, I agree. Yeah. But, you know, it just shits me. You know? <laughs> mm. Also, the... Uh, being a good three five six, it does make sure water does come in through the windscreen seal oh, somewhere. You know, perfect. Yeah. You remember hark back when you had the um, accessories and the wheel. What was the name of that uh, wheel? Auto imagination. Auto imagination. Yeah. yeah. Did, you know, that ran for quite a few years. Yes. And then the what you you sold it on or wound it up or. Um, wound it up um, partly because the market had changed a mm. lot when when. Uh, in the, I think I started that probably 1984 or somewhere around there. Um, and that was when the boom started with putting special wheels onto European cars and body yeah. kits from AMG yeah. and Zender and putting Momo steering wheels. And I had the agencies for all those sorts of things. And it was a, a boom that went quite well for a while. Um, and then everybody in Australia went broke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, that made business very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, and my customer base suddenly turned into Asian students um, very rapidly. And yeah. they, they were dominantly my customers that would come in, uh, which was fine. Mm. But, but um, what they wanted was different sorts of things, and I adjusted the business that way. But 
I could see the writing on the wall and I'd also started automotive events management with Classic Rally initially mm. and then a, a range of other events um, and that looked like it would be a better way for me to go. So I turned auto imagination into wholesale business only, supplying to car dealers and workshops and things like that um, and ran it that way for some time but eventually the events took over. Yeah. But I'd had great fun doing very creative, interesting things with cars like building Range Rover convertibles, which 14 of which were made. Um, and Head your time there. Right. Sorry? Ahead of your time there when you – I saw it's, a yeah. – uh, I saw one today I saw, as well. Yeah, I saw an Evoc a couple of days ago with <laughs> shop top and I was thinking to yeah, myself, yeah. It's not quite wow, right somehow. That's, that's a disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. yeah, the only car uglier I've ever seen out there without a roof would have to be the Nissan Murano. Convertible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen one, Simon? I haven't. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd remember. You're a lucky oh, man. You would remember. Yeah. <laughs> Very lucky man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how did that come about? Tell us oh, why oh, did you think oh. taking a roof off a range is a good idea? I, I studied at uni industrial design and yeah. product design, and it was as I was finishing, it was about the time that conversions on cars, roofs were becoming quite popular around Australia. Sure. And most of them were awful. Um, and done by somebody whose experience was they knew how to operate a so grinder. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Jeez. laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, wait, um, you, need, you, need, you need more skills than that? Well, apparently. <laughs> so, and I'd developed in my imagination how to make a Range Rover into a convertible, and that was the start of the whole auto imagination business. So sure. I bought a Range Rover and... The conversion wasn't just cutting the roof off. Whilst Clearly. you do have to cut the roof off, I created a, a boot lid on the back, which mm. is like a normal car boot instead of the drop-down tailgate. Sure. So it had a deck on the back and that fitted into a sort of H section that went on there. Um, so it was quite an involved design. And I worked out a, a very good system for putting the roof into tension, which was just moving one hood bow, mm -hmm. um, which anybody could do and mm. a lot of the... Convertible conversions had very poor systems for how to get a roof into yeah. tension. Um, if at all. Yes, yeah. <laughs> if at all, yeah. Uh, so it, it turned out to be a car which was very obvious to me yeah. with my design background of how it could be turned into a convertible and it worked really well. Um, I did a couple of BMW, the early 3 Series E21s into convertibles as well. Um, <laughs> so... It was interesting to do. And any then, of the ranges still around? Um, I haven't heard of any of them for a few years, but occasionally somebody will send me an email with a picture of one of them saying, did you have something to do with this? <laughs> um, so there must be two or three still around, but the last pictures I saw of the last couple, they'd on jacked up suspension with giant tyres on them and turned into something horrible, not something elegant, which is what they had been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did... did you like take orders for them, or, or they? Because once, or you made them and then tried to sell them. No, I, I made one as a sort of demonstrator mm. of what the idea was, which was my own one that I had for probably six or seven years, um, and people would see that and either buy a Range Rover to be yeah. converted or have a Range Rover they already had converted, um, and I'd have a stand at the Perth Motor Show with a. Yeah. A Range Rover convertible and a few other cars with body kits and things on them, and sure. that would interest people. Yeah, fascinating. Oh. People yeah. just don't do that stuff anymore, do they? No, not at all. I wonder if it's got something to do with ADRs and 
Well, some of it. I mean, we used to sell thousands of Momo steering wheels. Well, nobody changes a steering wheel in a car these days with airbags in them. Yeah, exactly. And it's a market that just stopped. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a, there's actually quite a large um, aftermarket for aftermarket steering wheels for Euro cars now, like Lambos and Ferraris and Porsches and that with Mm. airbags. You know, Mm. they're plug and play solutions, carbon and lights and all Mm. that sort of stuff they put on them. So there's companies doing that. Yes. But... It's not like you bought yourself a VL Commodore and thought, I'll go and fit a SAS steering wheel to it. Yeah. You know, those days are well and truly behind yes. you know, yeah. let's face mm. it, because of mm. how prohibitively expensive it is mm. to do so. The um, With regards to the um, vehicle cutting up and yeah. that sort of thing, you mentioned Beamers, Rangies. Uh, that's the only one I made convertibles out of. Yeah. Well, I did various other... Um, how would you describe extreme conversions? We did a Jaguar XJS um, for somebody who uh, yes. was a, a bodybuilder of note Roof. and wanted a yeah. car. Yes, wanted yeah. a car that was like him. So we, the car ended up a few feet wider than a normal XJS with huge wheel arch flares and especially it was all custom made to my design. Sure. On on that car. Where that car is today. Oh, yeah, uh, love it, to find it's gone it, east. Yeah. It, it, um, it stayed in Perth for some time, was changed to silver from gold, um, and the last time I saw it, the owner had stuck all sorts of things on it, like fake air scoops and little tags and stuff all over the car, and I didn't get why, and it really made it look very tacky. Um, and then about three years ago, it sold over to the eastern state somewhere. That was 350 Chev, Pat, I think. Yes, so. it yeah. was. Yeah. That, was a, that was a pretty big thing for a while, putting those Chevy motors yeah. and yeah. yeah. And we put the later type XJS rear with the wide wraparound tail lights on it and a, a lot of detail stuff involved now, with you, that. You had an ESO, was it a Revolt or what was it you had? Um, the uh, the Fossil Vega? No, that's a much earlier car. Right. But you, you had a four door uh, Italian. Uh, Di Tommaso Deauville. Yes. Yeah. Really? That was I, good fun. I lusted yeah. after one of those. They Me too. Really <laughs> good looking car. Yeah, I, I'd seen well, pictures only, of them. Ownership fixed that lusted. No, no, no. I had it for about five or six years and loved it. Yeah, okay. um, but it, it's a car I'd seen in magazines and thought, oh, what gorgeous looking things. Stunning. And I'd, I'd stopped in Melbourne once when I was visiting there to make a phone call and realised when I looked up there was one parked in front of me. Um, and I left a note under the windscreen and the owner rang me back saying, well, I'm not selling it, but would you like to come and have a look? So, yes, I would. So I had to drive it and loved it and two or three years later got the call hmm. and bought it. It was a yeah. real joy of a car. Oh, fabulous thing. Yeah. Hmm. And the what's the, um, the ESO version of the same? Oh, uh, you the know, ESOfidia. Uh, ESOfidia, yeah. yeah. I like them. I dig them too. Uh, I think... Um, um, the car dealer, Hugh. Yes, he had he, one of those. It was sham. And then the money. I drove that car many yeah. years ago. I'd yeah. love to find out that car today. Mm. Um, I, I believe it, well, I know it's still in Perth because it, it's popped up on interesting cars of Perth. Um, right. Fairly recently. What, what car is this? Uh, a thing called an Esofidia. It's the same concept. It's a four-door Italian-bodied American mechanicals. Yeah. Right. Um, not sure if they had independent back end. Uh, out of Jag in the uh, not, not. No, the Detomaso had the Jag-style rear end. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, stunning, go. gorgeous, so, gorgeous-looking car. There's, there's another one in Perth under restoration, but I believe that's halted, 
it was a stripped down to nothing and there wasn't much left that wasn't rusty. Oh, I see. Um, and I've seen it very stripped down, um, yeah. but I believe that restoration's halted. Um, and another one came into Perth about three or four months ago, oh, wow. which I happened to see. Uh, it came from Holland, dark blue car. Yeah. Um, that's gone up to Queensland. Wow. Okay, nice one. So, very special, unusual oh, car. I think so too. Yeah. How many are they made? Um, well, the... It'll be like the story that Tommaso had. Yeah. They claimed they made 600 or something of the <laughs> Deauville, but yeah. I think the numbers were 180. Yeah, wow. Um, 10% of which were right-hand drive. 192 produced. Wow. So they said. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's probably a fairly accurate number, that's, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. It'd be interesting mm. to think to get two of those side by side. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, both... Mm. Similar concept, but dramatic-looking uh, yeah. different cars. There's yeah. something there's interesting information there. It's from, like, the early yeah. ones had Chevy motors, and after uh, 1973, they went to a Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. Cleveland motor. Mm. So mm. They're, they're something that very much appeals to me, that sort of yeah. European car with the American motor. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the um, Gordon Keeble, yes. for me, is, oh, man, I love one of those. Yeah. I would very special. probably sell my house to buy one of those. Probably have yeah. to. You probably have to now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, about five years ago, I actually did a lot of prodding and, and research yeah. about getting one out of the UK, yeah. and I could have afforded it back then. Mm. But they've they've moved on more than I have. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. You know? And I had for many many years a Fossil Vega, so the French. Yeah, yeah. Such a the same kind car. of concept, so a Chrysler engine mm. and transmission with their own special bodywork. Yeah, but that bodywork is just. Mm. Yes, there'll there'll be two at Celebration Motor Car, including the one I had for many years. Really? Did you buy? Is it was it John Walter's car? Um, I think he, he may he, have been an owner at one point. Yeah. He had a um, um, shed manufacturing business in Myree. I can't Highline Construction. I think it was called. Don't, don't and he had one. I was certainly shed. Um, you know, I was a kid, you know. If, if it was, well, the, mine was the first one to come into Australia in 1964 it arrived, a 59 right. car. Yeah. And it was the only one in Perth until probably 1977 or 8, That's around there. So likely. if you saw it as a kid, yeah. that would be the car. Yeah. Likely, I, yeah. I first saw it as a kid at the Claremont Showgrounds and thought it was the best-looking car I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. Had no idea what it was. And got my grandfather to take me into the library to see if we could look it up. Oh, <laughs> fantastic, and, amazing. And many years later, bought that same car. Gosh. Yeah. How good is that? Fantastic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, it's an interesting uh, remake design. See the uscoops.com yeah. there? You know, that someone's yeah. uh, come up with? There's been a few of that of idea. As most of the great brands yeah, have, people like have. to mm -hmm. think of a new version of it. So what what other cars will be a highlight at the um, upcoming celebration? Well, really, two-face or Vegas. How much mm. better than that can you get? Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had three there one year. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Ferrari 40, that's always a favourite. They're yeah. such a dramatic car. Oh, I've had the joy of driving a few of them and they're... They're as exciting to drive as you imagine. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have to. I'm fortunate enough to have done it. Sorry? Yeah. I have, I'm fortunate enough to have driven an F40 yeah. in the past. Mm. The, um, the one that came over from Singapore for Classic Rally one yes, year. Yes, I drove that. Yeah. Yes, I had a chance of that one for an overnight. I mm. looked after it whilst it was yeah. getting some work done. Um, yeah, but that um, 
So the year 40, is that? The, the very first celebration motor car brought over what was then the first F40 in Australia. Yeah, okay. And it belonged to a guy in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. I think he's still got it. Um, but I knew that to make celebration motor car work, we really needed something which would get car. attention. Um, and it did. Uh, all the TV stations were happy to come around and film it. It arrived maybe a week before, mm-hmm. um, and I kept it at Auto Imagination, which I was still running in Subiaco. Did, you put, did the, you put 900 kilometres on it in a week? I uh, would have liked to. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the owner was going to come over to drive it to the show and back sure. and rang me a few days before and said, oh, I'm just not going to make it. You're going to have to drive it. Okay. Yeah, under the head, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, I drove it for some of the TV um, coverage that we got and, you know, a few people came to have a look and got a ride in it and mm-hmm. wasn't one person who didn't swear while they were in the passenger seat. Yeah, once those turbos kicked. Yeah, because it's sort of nothing, nothing, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> like all good 80s uh, turbocharged motor yeah. cars were. Mm. Yep. And while the zero to 100 time isn't so exciting by today's standards, for the first little bit of that, nothing's happening. So it's all yes. compacted into yeah, a very yeah, yeah. exciting the few last, moments. The last two and a half seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Tell me, um, you've been exposed to a lot of extremely rare and cars that you've uh, been privileged enough to drive and very. be close to. What have been the highlights? Uh, the Mazda suitcase car. Don't know it? I don't know it. How you should know? Google it. <laughs> um, I will do that right now. In the 1980s, Mazda built a concept car, mm-hmm. which was some tiny little go-kart effectively that folded into a suitcase. And it came That's to Australia to do the, the motor show circuit. Yeah, and gosh. nobody at Mazda wanted to drive it, but <laughs> I was keen to drive it. it. And they said, sure, go ahead, drive it. So I did. <laughs> so, so it was powered by what a chainsaw engine. Probably. <laughs> Didn't really have much performance. Well, they couldn't have used the rotary, could they? They needed the thing to run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what a classic. I've driven... Everything. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Luckily. Yeah, that Mazda made that little um, Maz, uh, that, there was a red one at the... The AutoZam. AutoZam. Yeah. I love those. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh, really very cool. I dig them. Oh, I'd love to see you in one. There was one, uh, they're quite spacious inside. There was one mm. uh, at the last uh, Shannon's oh. auction. Yes. And it went for 25 grand. Mm. And I, I was chatting to the chap who brought the one along to the last mm. Classic Cars and Coffee. The young guy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he would he was thrilled. Oh, yeah. He didn't pay anything off. like that no, for his. No, yeah. 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 Uh, fantastic. Yeah. And that for me, I'd rather look at those than McLarens. Yeah. You Honestly. know, they are just yeah. so much more fascinating. Yeah. And because it's very different to what we see mm. ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Add, add to that, that young guy with that auto, Sam, that we looked at, right? Yep. He was more enthusiastic about that ownership than any McLaren owner I've ever spoken to about their McLaren yeah, he, ownership. He, sure. It was great to yeah. see. He, yeah, was he was thoroughly pitting. enrolled. Yeah, mm. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And that, to me, that's what that's what it's all about. Yeah, I agree. I, I got the same sense of his enthusiasm and mm. um, he was so happy to be there and have yeah. a people, other people appreciating his car. Yes. He was he was thrilled by other people appreciating it. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that is a thrill when you do have something mm. you've put all your heart yeah. and soul and mm. you know knowing that you're not a complete kook. Mm. And and for for my enjoyment of going to whatever car event anywhere in the world is to see unusual cars and the sorts of things I haven't seen before. And yes, sometimes you know I've been to uh, the Concorso at Villa Desta, and yes, the cars there have amazing stories to them, and they're very exotic, but they don't 
quite excite me in the same way as seeing a really weird car. In fact, in the a car park just near there, there was a Toyota Will V, which was a very strange looking Japanese market only this thing is like with the, the Anglia. Correct. Cut the in back, back to front. I love them. Yeah, me They're too. They're so weird. Um, and that was ex- as exciting to me as any of the oh, multi-million dollar cars inside the show. You can get those in New Zealand. Yes. And I looked I at buying one and bringing yeah. it over. Me, me too. It's a, probably the only Toyota I'd ever own, oh. but they're just impossible to bring into Australia. Is that right? Justifiably. Yeah. 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 I'd buy a high ace. It's W I L and then the letter V. I mean, how wacky is that? Oh, mate, look at that. Fantastic. It's almost French. Very, very French. Also, the concave the sections in the doors. And they had a beer to go with it. You're kidding me? No. So That was part of the story. They did a Willy beer. Is that right? That is so amazing. If, if you get the car or if I beat you to it, we're going to get the beer too. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose the underpinnings are Yaris or um, Corolla or something. Yeah. Who even cares? Yeah, I think a 1.2 litre nothing mobile underneath, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they just look so well, it's all style. odd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I dig those. Hmm. And there's that Fiat that I quite like too, the, um, with the headlights that are up. Oh, the, the multiplier, the late yeah, multiplier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig them. Yeah. Oh, the best thing about a multiplier is the three seats across the front. There would be very few cars that have ever been manufactured that are uglier, that are more practical. You know, it is. <laughs> yes. They are like that, that's like that whole era. My wife and I spent a lot of time in Italy through that yeah. era of the um, you know early two thousands, and when that car was the yeah. car in the market, and it was the there, perfect taxi. They were everywhere. Well, they were. There was yeah. tons of them were taxis, yeah. and you could just fit so much in them. Mm. Any wonder they sold a zillion of them over there. Yeah. It's an amazing country that has, you know, that is renowned for its design. They even make something stunning or shocking. Well, There's I, very I, little in the middle. I, 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 I think disagree. they would try to. shocking, I don't necessarily mean ugly. Shocking yeah. by surprise at, yeah, oof, yeah okay. <laughs> How did that come yeah. out? You know? I mean, they, they had very vertical sides, which mm. today is very acceptable. Mm-hmm. But back then, in the early 2000s, that was odd. And, yes, the placement of the headlights was weird, but when they – Updated the car with a normal looking front on it, it was nothing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It needed to look weird. Yes. And I, Agreed. I, I, you know, there's that sort of um, concept of ugly beautiful. Yeah. And some cars are, are damn ugly and then they become beautiful the longer you look at them. Alpha, <laughs> yeah. Alpha S says? Yeah, I love mm. Alpha S. I do too. Il Mostro, yeah. I, I love them, right? But I, I don't. I mean, I appreciate them. And, and when they were new, one came also to Perth Motor Show, and I was lucky enough to drive it. Um, but do they, they they don't excite me enough to want one. Yeah, yeah. I came close about five years ago again, you know, yeah. and uh, about bringing one out of uh, Japan. Mm. Last it, week's guest had one. Yes, he did. Yeah, he imported one. Yeah, yeah. It's still in the... Perth. It's changed hands a few times, but it's still here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Another one. No restraint. Oh. No restraint whatsoever. <laughs> the the back end of the um, Z3 M Coupe. Yes. You know, the, and clown shoe. The clown shoe, you know, yeah. and, and they got a lot of ridicule, but they just. Wacky races? Yeah, I just, oh man. I've, you know, I've, I've had had one and I've had the Z4 M Coupe as well. well that's, that's, actually the, a, that's actually a smart looking car, in my I opinion. did. The Z4M, but the Z3. I, I, the fact that it's wacky for me is yeah, more all, appealing. All the Z3s were a bit. Not quite there, but making a wagon out of it made it really special. It yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, in fact. <laughs> well, it's definitely yeah. the kook, you know, the kook. But I, I, I love wagons in general. Same. I have three wagons at the moment, 
Um, always, you know, if they say have the, the coupe, the sedan or the wagon, for me, it's the wagon every time. Yeah, okay. Interesting. The, um, we talked about those multipliers before. That same era when, you know, we were back and forth a lot, down to Northern Italy, those, um, the uh, Fiat. Barquetta, no. the sports? Yeah, the, the hard top one. That oh, was, no. Oh, what was it called? Not Stilo, that was the hatch. That was, um, oh. There's, there's a oh, car. The, the coupe. Yes, the coupe, yes. yes. Yeah, the Chris, Chris Bangle designed car. I think there's one yeah. here in Perth, isn't there? I've saw, uh, I've there's seen one two of, here. Yeah, red and silver. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense now you say it was a Chris Bangle car. Because mm. he's got a lot to answer for, that man. He has. I actually reckon yes. that's a smart looking <laughs> motor car. That was. He, yeah. That was his, probably his greatest moment, if you ask me. <laughs> what, what else did he design? Oh, a lot of BMW. Th- think of an ugly BMW. From the particularly the completely clumpy period, yeah, that okay. was him. Mm. And that he talks about that flaming down the side. Yes. You know, the Z4 was, the, for me, the only one. Mm. I, I went to a, a talk in Italy of famous car designers who were there, mm. and he was there, and he was very convincing um, when he spoke, which was presumably how he got... BMW yeah. to manufacture the very weird-looking well, cars. They're actually very ugly <laughs> now, I think, those huge yeah. grills on them. Yes. They're oh, almost they're, a parody oh, they're of themselves. Yes. I thought so as well, but I saw one in the flesh for the first time not long mm-hmm. ago. Had The grill was blacked out, not chrome. Mm-hmm. All right. Here in Australia with the number plate across the middle of it. I actually think it breaks up okay. I actually, When I saw the pictures of it, all the prototype photos, all that sort of stuff, you got this massive big Bugs Bunny mm. teeth that look like, you know, to me. Mm. But when they're actually at, on the road, it didn't stick out as much. Like it, puts, it stuck out about as much as, you know, about five or six years ago, the Audi grills, how they got yeah. massive, right, out all yeah. of a sudden. With that band across that, you know, the bumper bar through mm. the middle of it now, I, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad. I, think it's, I had one of a four series as a press car to review for a week. Um, and not a single person, even BMW enthusiasts, liked the look of the front of it. That's yeah, interesting. That's um, and, and from the first sort of 10 centimetres, if you cut that off, the rest of the car was very pretty, um, if a little bland, Yeah. because all the excitement was in the first few centimetres at the front, mm. but yeah. it's such an overstatement. The only thing I can think of is there might be an important market like China which thinks that that is absolutely fantastic and BMW is running with it. Or yeah. necessary. Necessary for Maybe. justification. Yes. You know, it's like, um, you know, if you've got a Louis Vuitton handbag, well, yeah. it's got to have LV, very large, written everywhere. Yes. So people mm. know. Yeah. Maybe that's it. But well, I, yeah, I don't think BMW is on a good trajectory with that grill. No, I, I don't think they're on a good trajectory full stop. You know, I used to, mm. once upon a time, you know, that whole driving excellence thing. Yeah. Meant something to me. Mm. Now I don't think they I make had a model an old three liter S sedan. Yeah, I many love, I, years I, ago. I came to look at it one day in the Sunday Times yeah. when you had it in the Sunday Times. <laughs> it was such a good old thing. Oh, it's, and uh, look at the, I, the window line on the. I, I never sold it or advertised it. So. Yeah, I think we, I came to look at it once. You were living in a house in uh, maybe for another Salvato Road or something. Uh, I was in CB for a while, yeah. but um, no, I, I never advertised it for sale. 
Yeah. It, it got stolen and killed. Oh, that so. was the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're the guy that took it out of that building. <laughs> took it for a joyride. <laughs> but I used to love but those. But it was such a joy to drive. Mm. And I really learned a lot of driving skill in it because it was an easy car to drive sideways and mm. did lots of motorsport in it, won a club championship with it. Mm. Um, well, it's interesting you both say this about BMW. I, I feel so. Like there's very little in the BMW range that gets me excited, right? Yeah. However, M2 is a car that a lot, a lot of cars are judged yeah. against as a driving car. Like it is pretty much the, one of the very good car. motor cars mm. yeah. on today's in today's market. Yeah. And even the in the previous one series, a, a one three five M or I, yes, yeah, that's not the M version, but okay. a one three five I, spectacularly good. Again, I had them as press cars mm -hmm. and wrote a story basically saying there's nothing to criticise about this car, when virtually every car there is quite a story. few things. Mm. Well, nothing to criticise, <laughs> but it was an exciting car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, that's You're talking 10 or 12 years ago now. Probably, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but, but since then, it's yeah. been a drought. But the point yeah. I'm making is how have they made one car that is, you know, it is so right. universally yeah. judged as a great motor car. Yeah. And everything else is just mm. rubbish, which mm. is harsh. I accept, mm. right? but the um, yeah. you know, but the consensus, it, mm. the reputation of the brand for reliability has gone out the window in the last ten or fifteen years. You know, those V10 cars, which was yeah. such amazing motor cars, new, they all crapped themselves after eighty thousand k's. Of, of all the probably two thousand different cars I've driven, one of the absolute best was the original E30 M3. Yeah, um, and it's a car that I felt that my hands and feet just extended into the machine. Yeah, okay. And whatever you wanted to do, however you wanted it to do, it, it would perform. And they were a gem of a car. Did you have one song? Uh, yeah, uh, plenty of them. I borrowed a, um, I'm trying to remember what chassis it was, but an M5, hmm. and uh, I was doing a show at UVS FM called Behind the Wheel. Yep. And um, had... Uh, Took it to um, Calabarian to see Mick Moylan and his um, Cobra production thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, so on the trip back from that journey, I there was a guy riding a Moto Guzzi Le Mans, and um, he asked me, and then I'd pass him, and then he'd pass me, and and this was the whole trip back from York, and um, it was you know some of those corners are quite bumpy. So, you know, I was in a very commanding position being in a, you know, such a, a well-positioned yeah. car and it was just magnificent. Anyway, we got to Midland and he just looked at me. We are side by side the traffic lights and I just looked at him and he gave me a salute and I just, <laughs> I just nodded at him and we drove off in separate directions. But yeah. it was totally memorable yeah. and, and the same situation. It felt like an extension of me. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Same engine, same gearbox, but... Some, some of the makers just get things right sometimes. Yeah. And that was an era where BMW's M cars were spot on. They were yeah, fa yeah. fantastic. Mm. Mm. Well, what's your grail car? What's the one car that will make you go weaker than these and we're talking it, offer up a kidney of opportunity? Pe people ask me that quite a bit and there's two really. Yeah, okay. And they're both French cars. But it's okay, you've got two kidneys, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've been lucky enough to own both of them. Yeah, okay. So the Faisal Vega, mm -hmm. um, which I've lusted after sure. since childhood, mm -hmm. um, and the other one's Citroën DS. Yeah, okay. And I've had a few of those, and they're 
just a magic car that and I guess I appreciate it mostly from the design perspective mm. that it was so not just futuristic but so clever. All the oddities and weird design things that people look at and say, oh, that's so strange, there's a reasoning behind it. There's good engineering reasoning behind it. Mm. And from a historical point of view, if you say, well, 1955 the DS came out, in Australia we were making FJ Holdens. Yeah. And that really dates things. Sure. Um, and whilst a DS today is a fairly old-fashioned car to drive, because they date back to 1955, sure. And the last of them was 1975. It's a long time ago, whichever mm. way you look at it. Mm -hmm. There's still such a magical piece of design and remarkable that they got through not just the design but into the production world and stayed in production for 20 years and made, I think it was 1.6 million of them or something. So design-wise, that was an absolute high point um, in car design history and that really appeals to me. Yep. And I also really enjoy driving them. Yeah, okay. I've, I've, had, I've had very limited time behind the wheel of one. I think I've driven one three times. Yeah. And um, I'm not a massive French car fan. There's, there's, you know, there's a few models here and there that really tickle my fancy. Yeah. But a convertible... DS, oh, yeah. <laughs> every day. You've started at the top well, of the heat. Ne next yeah. year's Celebration Motor Car, there will be one there that's under restoration in Perth at the moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're just such The guy with the Lincoln. Stunning, yes. Stunning yeah. motor cars. Like, yeah. You know, convertible DS, yeah. it's just... And he's got that Fiat 2600 as well. Uh, 2300S. 2300S, yeah. S, That'll be there you. this year. Yeah. yeah. And the Citroen's under restoration. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. SM. You've driven an SM before? I have. Um, what's, what's your consent? I've never done so, but it fascinates um, me. It's one of those cars that I want to own someday. Yeah. Not necessarily as a to keep forever, but I want to experience one more than just – I've driven a few. And sure. There's, there's certainly something about them that I really like, and part of that is the Citroen-ness of them. Yeah. Um, the Maserati engine's very mm -hmm. special. Um, they're quirky to drive. Um, gorgeous looking. Mm. Yeah, so I agree. Some someday an SM will come my way, and I'll have it for as long as it keeps my interest. For, yeah, for um, me, experiencing what cars are about in ownership, not just a drive around the block, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. is an important part of my process of being a car fanatic. Yeah, yeah, and hence, I've had lots of cars. Paid a lot and, of and, and, and yeah, yeah <laughs> so, some, some I've kept for a long time yeah, yeah. and some not for so long. I mean, I always wanted to know what a full-size American car was like to live with. So I bought a Cadillac Coupe de Ville, 1973, um, partly with the intention of putting it in the Grand Prix Rally, which I did. Mm -hmm. And I used it in some of the Round the Houses historic events in WA. Nobody ever used the 1973 Coupe yes. de Ville for motorsport, but I did. Yeah, yeah. And... I had wondered what it would be like to live with such a car. To start with, um, I found it very challenging because it was as wide as a lane yeah. and it was fairly vague, etc. And And I'd also bought at the same time a Mercedes 300 SEL 3.5, thinking I'll drive that every day and drive the Cadillac on weekends and things. And more and more that I got used to the Cadillac, the Mercedes would sit there. Really? And it was a beautifully restored example of that Mercedes. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, eventually, after a couple of years, the Mercedes went and I kept the Cadillac for 12 years and used it as an everyday car. I lived in Subiaco at the time and it was longer than a Subiaco <laughs> parking bay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was such a good car. 
Yeah, okay. Um, so, so much better than I had expected, which was a nice surprise, mm. and hence kept it for 12 years. Hmm. Had some great experiences with it, and, and it, a lot of my car purist friends hated it from day one. Like, what would you buy something like that for? To, well, to, to experience to, what it's like, see if it's a good experience. Red up clowns like you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but it was one of the most fun cars I ever had. Yeah, great. Yeah, the mm. um, we haven't touched on your car broking. Mm-hmm. So you do a bit of a wheeling and dealing, so to speak, on helping people move cars to yeah. new homes. That sort of came out of knowing lots of people wanting particular cars or to sell particular cars and. People asking me to help with that, and I thought, well, why don't I actually do it more seriously? Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd been doing valuations for years, and it fits in comfortably with that. Yep. Uh, so I got a dealer's license to do it. And yeah, great. Move, uh, Fantastic. It, it, it it's networking. Yes. It brings me to interesting people, and interesting cars come my way, and it's fun. I saw the red Merc that you listed recently. Yes, an old roundy. Yeah, what's that? That is a bargain. Quantum. That car seems too cheap to me. It's gone. Sold. There you go. I'll drive. <laughs> what's in in the, less than a week. I hadn't heard of that engine. What's, what's it, in it, it? It was a model which wasn't sold in Australia. Um, so it's the six-cylinder motor in the short wheelbase body. So... In Australia, if you got the short wheelbase body, it had the short front and a four-cylinder engine, yeah. or you got the long body with the long nose and the yeah. longer back doors with a six-cylinder 220. Right. Uh, and they only made the 219 for, I think, three years, and it was sort of in between model. Hmm. Um, and it's the only one I've ever seen that I'm aware that I've seen, um, and it's probably the only one in WA. Jeez, it looks like, it looks like a bargain to me, that car. Yeah. Look, if you want a yeah. unique classic car experience <coughs> and in a presentable car that you know is going to start when you turn that key. Yes. Are oh, they called pontoons, that series? Yes. Yeah. One or of those. Pon-pon, yeah. The um, coupe version, man, they press my buttons. I love them. Yes. And I, there was one, it was around GFC time, and it, it sold for 39000 And mm. it was, oh, my God. I still to this day yes, the kick two, myself. two-door pontons are... In big demand worldwide and worth a lot of money. Yeah, exquisite. Yeah. There's a convertible as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, it's time has ticked away here today. It's been uh, fascinating listening to you today, Paul. I appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us. And um, listeners out there, please think about following the podcast channel through iTunes or Spotify. We'd love to... Get any feedback, any questions to myself, Simon, or we'll pass any on to Paul if you've got any for him. Please just send them through to me. And um, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, guys, for this evening. It's been good fun. Yeah, pleasure. Uh, Mark's right. Look, we're still accepting subscriptions. And uh, with a, if we find space for you amongst our massive following if you, uh, if you want to subscribe and like us. It's been a heap of fun, Paul. Thank you so much. Mark? Keep that Colnagio coming, please. It, it is coming. It is coming. Don't and where's my watch? Anything. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Paul. See you. Pleasure. Ciao.